0: this is finally free a podcast for those sick of battling their bodies sick of fearing food and the number on the scale sick of punishing exercise on the pursuit of diet culture's version of health and wellness i'm alana Vandersloos, a certified intuitive eating counselor eating disorder survivor and the founder of freedom with food and fitness where i offer group coaching for women who are ready to heal their relationship with food in their bodies and become their healthiest happiest, most confident selves without ever having to go on another diet. On this podcast, you will hear me answer your biggest questions around how to become a successful intuitive eater. You'll hear inspiring stories of other women on their food freedom journeys. Those who are recovering, those who are recovered, and those who are helping others to do the same. I'll teach you how to quiet that incessant voice in your head telling you you're not enough. How to find peace and satisfaction with food again how to embrace the one and only body you have with fitness you enjoy so you can move through this world with confidence. Are you ready to be finally free? Before we get started, I wanna remind you of everything I have to offer with Freedom With Food and Fitness. First, I offer group coaching. My coaching program is called defy the diet and it blends intuitive eating principles and mindset work in a hybrid format that blends group and private coaching to give my clients amazing results in just 10 weeks. That's 70 days to a new, you a guilt-free relationship with food and a transformation in your health. My client Danny had this to say about defy the diet and me as a coach, this program has completely changed my life. When I started the program, I hated my body. I didn't trust myself around food. I was constantly searching for the next diet that would satisfy my need for a smaller body, and it never did. I was miserable, and through the mindset changes and work I put into the program, along with the amazing support of my group and Alana, today, I am mindful with food, life, and I look at everything differently. I love my body. I allow all foods. I do not restrict. I've learned to cope with my emotions in a healthy way where I do not rely on food. I can finally put time back into my life, into what makes me happy. I've learned to listen to my body fully and I've never been more in tune with myself. I am forever grateful for everything Alana has taught me. Ah, Thank you, Danny, for that wonderful testimonial. If you're someone who wants true mental and physical health without restriction and obsession, if you want to stop overeating, find consistency in nutrition, movement, and self-care, and take the guilt out of wellness, this program is for you. I also try to make this program as accessible to everyone as possible by offering several different packaging options and price points, and I also offer weekly payment plans. You deserve to make yourself and your health a priority, and I make it as easy as possible. Enrollment is currently closed, but if you want to be the first to know when doors open again for our next life-changing round of coaching, go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com waitlist. That's freedomwithfoodandfitness.com waitlist. I cannot wait to see you inside. If you're not quite ready for coaching, check me out on Instagram at freedomwithfoodandfitness. There I have ways to sign up for exclusive blog posts, free worksheets, free masterclasses, and so much more. And last but not least, I have to tell you about my debut book, which will be released in stores and online on November 14th. The book, Freedom with Food and Fitness, How Intuitive Eating is the Key to Your Happiest, Healthiest Self, is filled with personal stories, science-backed research, and easy tools to apply to your life today. My hope is that my advice and my story will inspire you to adopt a more mindful and intuitive approach to food and fitness. Throughout the book, you'll be guided through two life-changing mindset shifts. Part one, finding food freedom by rejecting diets, learning about intuitive eating and trusting your body. Part two, reclaiming your love for exercise by incorporating joyful movement into your routine as a form of self-care and letting go of the perfect body myth. I put my heart and soul into this book so that women around the world, including you, can be heard and seen if they've ever been made to feel like there are not enough in their body, if they've ever felt unsafe or unloved because of their body, and frustrated at the seemingly endless rat race to change it. If this is you, I encourage you to pre-order the book before November 14th. Not only is it super helpful in terms of letting the Amazon algorithm know this is an important book with an important message, you will also get a $250 bonus gift from me. That's $150 off any Defy the Diet coaching package and the Defy the Diet workbook, an eye-opening 40-plus page workbook valued at $100, absolutely free, just for pre-ordering the book. Once you pre-order the book off Amazon, go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com slash pre-order to claim your $250 worth of free goodies as a thank you. So remember, if you want a $250 bonus gift to help you on your journey to food freedom and health without obsession, pre-order Freedom with Food and Fitness on Amazon before November 14th, then go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com slash pre-order. And if you want to take it up a notch and join the street team, which is an exclusive opportunity to help me promote the book, you can earn a whopping $450 worth of free goodies, including Q&A sessions and coaching with me. If you're interested in the street team, go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com slash street team to learn more. That's freedomwithfoodandfitness.com slash team. All right, hello everyone. For the first time, I'm actually going to read the bio uh, while our guest is actually here instead of recording it after the fact. So we'll we'll see how this goes. So today we have Lara Lascano with uh, S- Sarah Lascano with us. Sarah is the founder of Ray Zen Energy, creator of the Ray Zen Lightwork Technique, and master biofield therapy practitioner. She's an internationally recognized best-selling author speaker, and energy medicine practitioner. Sarah is known for revolutionizing healthcare because she helps her clients and audiences learn an integrative and innovative approach to healing backed by science that helps people recover their health and reclaim their lives. She is a recognized holistic and energy healing expert and merges her engineering training with practical spiritual wisdom. Sarah is known for her down-to-earth heart centered speaking style because it includes science-based solutions, authentic delivery, and content-rich strategies. So I'm, I'm really excited for this, Sarah, because as we were talking about before I hit record, you do a lot with talking about energy and energy healing and how to clear any kind of negative energy that can be blocking us. So I'm very excited to talk to you today.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for having
0: me. Absolutely absolutely so just to kind of get us started off can you tell us a little bit more how you came to this work um because i know your parents were western medicine
1: doctors correct one of them yes um and then lots of family members too so for sure i came from a western medicine family and that was really my mode of operation in the world until my health crashed when i was in my early 30s i was pregnant with my first child i was you know an In the corporate world, really, and living a stressful, dreamy life of traveling and selling and doing all kinds of fun things. But I got a nasty bout of food poisoning that really crashed my health within a couple of weeks. I had food sensitivities and um, eczema, joint pain, all kinds of health problems. And so When my child was born and all those health problems didn't go away, I went to the doctor and tried to ask what can I do to fix this? Because the engineer in me knew there had to be a way to undo what had happened and nobody had answers. And so I really had to, I had to change the way I viewed the world from the way I had looked for pills and looked for interventions to fix things. And I had to organically find a way to heal.
0: Gotcha, so all of those ailments kind of happened all at once. Yes. Wow. So, so what did you find? What was the organic answer that you found?
1: Well, I went through a, it ended up being about a 15 year healing journey of stopping in all sorts of different places. I, at first I didn't know what was wrong with me. So I had to learn enough to figure that out. Then I had to find a way to fix it. So, you know, we stopped, we worked with herbalists, we worked with homeopaths, we worked with chiropractors, we worked with different therapeutic diets like the GAPS diet, the specific carbohydrate diet, all of these different ways of trying to heal the gut, which we knew was the problem. The, the, the microbiome was really messed up through a bout of food poisoning. Um, but what really shifted the needle was when we discovered energy medicine and, you know, energy healing directly focused at healing the body. That's, that's my definition of energy medicine. And within just a few weeks, we were, we had massively expanded the number of foods we could eat. Our food sensitivities magically started healing and that's where we really got traction. So that's what got me hooked.
0: Awesome. So, so I know you're an energy healer. So, what is the connection between food sensitivities and our
1: emotions? Well, there's there's there are there can be lots of different connections, but one of the primary connections I find is uh, a fear around eating, and so, and some of that fear or anxiety or worry around eating can be. What we might consciously think of, like eating isn't safe, like what if this food is contaminated? What if it has parasites? What if um, the, the, the kitchen wasn't clean? All of those thoughts can create a fear and anxiety that food isn't safe. And that can start to create problems when we eat. But that's not the only thing. There's also things that these patterns that come to us from our families, from our family heritage. So... Often I find traumatic events in the family line, such as a potato famine or starvation or wartime food shortage or crop failure. All of these types of massive, right? These are seismic events that kind of echo through the family. These are patterns that set us up for food dysfunction. And it doesn't have to just be food sensitivities. It can also be overeating or always buying or cooking too much food, afraid there's not gonna be enough. All of these food dysfunctions can result from stored energy within us, some of which we may not even have experienced ourselves.
0: Okay. What about people who experience fear not of not of contamination of the food, but fear of things like weight gain or body changes? Do you, do you see that as well?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I I tend to work with people who have physical symptoms uh, who are. You know, sick with, I, I, I work with a lot of bowel disease symptoms. So people that have chronic diarrhea or chronic constipation and they, when they eat, they just don't process it properly. I have worked with some eating disorder people and those situations um, certainly aren't as simple as just having uh, a fear around food, right? Those are very deep uh, connections also with our sense of self. So, uh, but but that energy can also be energy disruption that we can work with to try to have the person feel worthy enough to nourish their body or to accept healing or to move forward. Gotcha, gotcha. So now
0: how can dysfunctional food relationships be caused by a generational trauma or a childhood trauma? Could you give us maybe an example of what that might look like?
1: Sure, so what happens is, if if you look at the research, the cognitive research, eighty percent of the way we view the world is in place by the time we're about six or seven. So before our logical mind is even turning on, we have absorbed belief systems and outlooks about how the world is from our caregivers. Uh, is the world a safe place? Is food safe? Um, you know, all of these. Am I confident and capable? All of these these pieces of how we view ourselves, these subconscious programs is really what they are. They're running in the background, are in place. And so we pick up a tremendous amount from our family members. And this is how generational pain, even even gifts, right? Good things and bad things can be passed down generation to generation without us even consciously choosing to do so.
0: Absolutely. And I I think that really speaks to what I do as well. And the clients that I work with is sometimes I don't even think they really realize that they've been programmed from their family members from such an early age. A lot of the narratives and the ideas and the thoughts and the emotions that they have around food, they think is just fact. It's just something that is that everybody believes when in reality, it's really something that was I don't even want to say gifted down to them, but passed down to them from, you know, mothers, grandmothers and and so on and so forth.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think any of us had, well, some of us were like shamed significantly about our bodies, but many of us weren't, many of us were never told your body is too fat. We just witnessed Someone criticizing their body for being too fat and decided that that's how we're supposed to treat our body and and these patterns are real they're they're not imagined they're not psychosomatic they're, they're real in the physiology and that's where a tool like energy healing or EFT or you know there are different ways to work with that mind body connection. Some of these belief systems can get lodged into the body and then change our microbiome or change our our um, our metabolic hormones and and so then we have a physical condition that was created by a a mental or emotional belief structure, but it actually does start to affect the physiology.
0: Gotcha. Can you can you dig a little bit more deeply into that? Because I'm sure there are some people saying, "Being like, well, how." How can like how a feeling, which I've been told can't hurt me, how can that actually affect the physiology of my body? Could you explain a little bit more about that?
1: Yes. You know, there is actually medical research that is published, folks. This is published. You can go to PubMed and search and find it that mental stress changes the functional microbiome in a matter of moments. Like they've proven this in the medical literature. There is a definite link between the mind and the body. And, and it's not just that. There There's studies showing that chronic stress creates all sorts of, of illnesses from diabetes to heart disease. Like this is the mind. Chronic stress is the mind that then affects the nervous system that then affects the body and its hormones. So we've got that. But then we've also got the flip side. And it's proven also in the medical literature that when... The body is out of balance, it can affect the, the mind. So when our, for instance, our thyroid, I think that's the study I read when the thyroid is out of balance, it can actually affect how we feel, we can feel more depressed. So there's a definite link between both the mind and the body, the body and the mind. And this is proven in the medical literature.
0: That's that's phenomenal. And I mean, I, I speak on a, a a much more simple level than you do in this work about the gut brain axis, right that that literal axis, that connection between the mind and the gut. And I tell my clients who are very fearful with food, their fear of waking, their fear of eating, not quote unquote clean foods. And a lot of times they report that they're having a lot of uh, digestion issues, a lot of bloating a lot of gas and I asked them, are you very anxious right before you eat? And they say, yes. I said, that might have something to do with it.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And even if you look at some of the traditional Chinese medicine teachings, which I use in my practice, the stomach and the spleen energies, which control our digestion, uh, thinking, ruminating, anxiety, and worry are their primary natural emotions. So when we are doing too much of that, our stomach energy and our spleen energies are out of balance and they can't digest properly. It's absolutely true. So a hundred percent there's a, and you can prove this to yourself. If, if you, you listener, if you are having trouble with this issue, try relaxing right before you eat, like try doing a few moments of deep breathing, try, uh, try mindfully eating where you're just really being calm and, just try to work with that a little bit and see if you notice an improvement and I bet you will. If you can eat, you know, if you can eat a food that you know is safe for you, you might be able to try that and notice, wow, that really is impacting my digestion significantly.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, taking a few deep breaths before sitting down to eat and being mindful, getting rid of the distractions. Now, of course, we're all going to have negative emotions from time to time. There's no amount of positive vibes only that we could do to make that all go away. And that's okay. But so what happens when the energy does get stored in the body and disrupts it? What, how, how does that look? What does that process?
1: Think of it as a circuit breaker getting locked in the off position What's happening is processes are getting locked into that fight or flight state, and therefore we really can't rest and digest. We we cannot give the proper amount of energy to digestion, to repairing our body, to healing, to decreasing inflammation. The immune system, it, under chronic stress, it's proven the immune system actually is suppressed. It's not. Oh, it's it's over amplified in short-term stress, but in longer-term chronic stress, it's actually suppressed. And again, that's proven in the, in the medical literature. So th- this is the link, it's, it's our nervous system, which is keeping us out of these modes that we need to be in. And we need to be in rest and digest for many processes during the day. Normally you should move from doing an, an active mode into rest and digest very fluidly and easily throughout the day but we don't do that when we're under a tremendous amount of stress. And so that's the main mechanism.
0: Absolutely. And I think, I think we're in stress for the majority of our day nowadays. I think it's either stress with work, with family. Um, It's the stress of restricting our foods. So, you know, so many clients come to me, they've been dieting forever. So they've been restricting their calories forever. And that restriction puts a lot of strain and stress on the body over exercising is putting a whole lot of stress and strain on the body. So it's like, we never get that chance to relax.
1: It's absolutely true. I see the same. I see the same patterns. We were told we should exercise and it's the best thing we can do. But if you're depleted, it's it's really not over exercise is going to deplete you further. So we've got to build a strong foundation. So yeah, absolutely. These are such important pieces to work through so that we can so that we can feel calm and balanced and be able to restore and heal. Our body knows how to heal. This is really important. Our body has an innate ability to heal and it has an innate ability to digest food properly. So if we can calm our body and reconnect and and repair that ability, and that's what I do, I help repair that, lift off stresses that are blocking that, then we can step into health.
0: Absolutely, and and I, perfect segue into my next question is okay. I'm sure a listener is saying, okay, Sarah, you know I I have this this trauma stored up. This negative emotions stored up in my body. I, I don't digest my food well. I'm always bloated. I'm always gassy. What do I do? How do we
1: release that? So there are some simple things we can do on our own. And then if those don't work, you should seek out help, right? So one of the simplest ways to, to move energy that's stuck in the body is just to connect with it because often we're afraid of it and we're trying to push it away. So how often have you felt anxious? You're like, Oh no, no, everything's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't feel anxious. It's going to be okay. And you talk yourself out of it. Right. Or I, I should be, I should be thankful that it's not worse. So how I'm feeling is not valid. I should just focus on feeling good. When we do that kind of talking with ourselves, we are just pushing it away. We're just storing it further in the body. So the very the, the most important step is to actually just connect to it and say, okay, I'm feeling anxious or afraid or whatever the emotion is, sad. And sometimes we don't know the feeling. Sometimes we just know the sensation. Maybe you feel like butterflies in your stomach or tightness in your chest. So it's connecting to either of those, the physical sensation or the emotion and allowing it to be there, letting it say, okay, it's okay, you're here. I allow you to be here. And then giving it permission to leave. And this is usually a very quick process. This can be as quick as just 60 seconds or even less to connect to the emotion. We don't wallow in it, okay? <laughs> we're, not, we're not connecting to the emotion and feeling anxiety for hours and hours. That is not healthy and that's not what I'm advocating Just connecting to it, recognizing it, and then giving it permission to leave. And many times, just giving it like two minutes of FaceTime will actually allow it to clear. I think a
0: lot of people are afraid that if they open those floodgates, if they allow that emotion, that they'll never be able to get rid of the emotion. But the opposite seems to be true. I read somewhere that the average emotion, if you let it pass through lasts about 90 seconds.
1: Yep, it is. And that's my experience too. It really is. Uh, When we have really major trauma, when we have a history of abuse, this is something that we may want help with, but anxiety around eating. So I, you know, let's take that as an example. I had anxiety around eating because dinner was a very stressful time in my family growing up. There was a lot of argument, there was a lot of conflict, there was just a lot of tension and I internalized that right into my digestive system. So what I did was connect to that feeling of anxiety in the stomach that eating isn't safe, like, you know, mealtime isn't safe, for example, and just noticing that pattern from my past and recognizing it's not true anymore. Eating is safe now. And giving it permission to clear from the body.
0: That's great. I I just recently had something happen where I felt some shame. And I remember saying to myself, you know, utilizing the tools that I give to my clients saying, you know, this is shame, this is shame. And it unlocked a description of how effective that strategy is that I'd been looking for. Like I I wasn't sure how to verbalize it to my clients up until this point. But when I said, this is shame, it was almost like I was unlocking a secret. And you know, when you when you admit to something that you've been holding on as a secret, you almost feel the weight come off your shoulders. So it's it's like we keep these negative emotions as these dirty little secrets. And when we can actually just name them and say them out loud and call them as they are, it's like the stigma drops and the, the secret drops and that, that pressure to hold everything in so tightly seems to drop.
1: And the power of it drops. Yes. Right. The power is released and it no longer controls us. And that's where we take our power back. So it's, it's this amazing seismic thing. The trick is knowing what's there. So we do get triggered and that you know, I call it being triggered when some event in our everyday life causes us to have a much larger than expected emotional response, right? We we feel more shame than we should at that moment, or we feel more fear than is warranted. That's a signal that there's something buried in your subconscious that wants to be tapped into. Well, it's getting tapped into. <laughs> it wants to be addressed. So yeah, when that's, so triggering is really important for for the listeners to know, this is the avenue, this is that little pathway to see what's stored in the subconscious and ready to come out.
0: Now, do you find that certain types of emotions align with certain health conditions?
1: Absolutely. Yep. And certain body parts, uh, you know, body parts have a standard kind of imprints. It doesn't always have to be that. And the same is true for health conditions. But yes, there are some patterns.
0: Could you give us some examples?
1: Sure. So let's take since we're talking about stomach, we talked about that a moment ago. Uh, the stomach energy really governs the conscious mind and the mind emotions of worry, anxiety, and overthinking. Those are real common emotions that get stored in the stomach. So that would be applicable for people who have ulcers, people who have hiatal uh, hernias. You know, uh, reflux, um, heartburn. Typically, that stomach energy is rebelling. It's too busy. And those emotional pieces might be too active Uh, the liver and gallbladder are very much aligned with anger frustration resentment you know anger type emotions and even some worry so when we have difficulty digesting fats we have chemical sensitivity food sensitivities these are these are emotions that there may be quite a bit stored Uh, The same with the adrenals. Adrenal typically, kidney and adrenal energy is very commonly fear-based. So it's that fight or flight, fight, flight, freeze, stuckness, low energy, depletion. Uh, We're typically going to have a lot of fear that either we have or had or have in our subconscious that we're not aware of that are driving some health conditions. Guilt and shame really common for the skin, the intestines, the, the micro, you know, the large intestine and the skin. So skin eruptions, all, you know, these are just a few of the common themes that I see. Now,
0: if, if someone's listening and they're thinking, well, if it's subconscious, how am I supposed to bring it to the surface and, and heal myself? What would you say to them?
1: Well, that's, that's why I do what I do. (laughs) That's what I would say, because When we have an energy healer now when I work and I can't speak for every energy healer or energy medicine practitioner, I tune into the body and I let the body tell me where it's blocked and there's a tremendous value in that because my brain doesn't know what's at the root of everybody's problems there's no way I could be that smart, Uh, but their body knows. And if I can tune into their body and let it share, where is their disruption? What is, what kind of energy is there? What needs to be cleared? We can tap into that subconscious. And there are other methods of tapping into the subconscious. There's hypnotherapy, uh, but, but a lot of times it's an intuitive healer of some kind using a method of, of feeling and noticing where the disruption is. Very
0: cool. This was so. I. I mean, I just like looked at the time and realized we're at time, and it's just insane because I feel like I have a lot of questions. But <laughs> um, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on. Um, I do have one last question for you. I ask everybody since this podcast is called "Finally Free." What does it mean to be finally free for you?
1: Finally free to me means owning who we are completely in the moment and being 100% authentic. So we don't have to worry about anxiety. We don't have to worry about uh, fear and all of these emotions we've been talking about, shame. If we are just in the moment being, presently being, we don't have to worry about any of that. And we can just be free and healthy at the same time.
0: Right, I love that. And and for two reasons, really. Number one is because if we're if we're here in the present moment, anxiety is feelings of the future. And depression is feelings of the past, so we don't have to worry about those two emotions if we're just in the moment. And number two, we all feel that the, that entire range of emotion. Everybody feels shame, right? I think it was Brene Brown who said everybody feels shame unless you're a sociopath. So it's it's <laughs> total, we gotta normalize it. <laughs> uh,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Same with anxiety and fear. And I think we're really there. Like so many people are willing to talk about mental health and emotional health and. You know, the generations coming up, um, our, our young people are completely fine going and seeing therapists and talking about their mental health. The future is now it's time for us to really embrace this. We do, we all have these emotions and difficult moments and we can leverage them for better health.
0: Absolutely. So tell all the peoples where they can find you.
1: You can find me at rayzenenergy.com, R-A-Y-Z-E-N, energy.com. And I have some awesome free resources there. So um, in particular, I have an emotional intelligence mastery mini course um, free on my homepage. And you can learn some more about how to work with emotion to prevent blockages in the first place.
0: Awesome. And we're going to link all that in the show notes. We're going to link Sarah Lascano's bio and where you can find her and the link to her freebies. So if you want to get in touch with her and release some of that energy conscious and unconscious, uh, she is your girl. Sarah, thank you for coming.
1: So welcome. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. So that is it for today's episode.
0: Seriously, of all the podcasts you can be listening to, I'm so honored that you took the time to listen to mine. I'm also so proud of you for taking this small step forward toward food and body freedom. If you like what you hear and you want to work with me as your coach, go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com to schedule a free 15-minute discovery call. That way I can hear your specific needs and set up a game plan for your success. I would also be so, so grateful if you could subscribe, follow, rate, and review this podcast so many more people who need help with dieting, body image, disordered eating, and fitness can find our message of freedom. Until next time. And just in case you forgot, this podcast is solely meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for the advice of a physician, dietitian, therapist, or other qualified medical professional.